When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Kevin O'Connor, host of This Old House on PBS, will appear at the Capitol Remodeling Garden Show this Saturday at the Dulles Expo Center in Chantilly, Virginia. He joined me to preview the event and reflect on the show's 45th anniversary, praising his predecessors like Bob Vila, Norm Abram, and Steve Thomas as they all taught America lessons in home improvement. Hey, Kevin O'Connor, hey, thanks so much for joining us on WTOP in Washington, D.C. Happy to be here, Jason. Nice to meet you. You too. We're talking because you are coming to the Capitol Remodel and Garden Show in Chantilly, Virginia. It's going to be at the Dulles Expo Center there from February 23rd through the 25th. Now, is this your first time coming out to this particular event? Or, I mean, I'm sure you do sort of these, like, you know, shows uh, around the country. But is this your first time at the Chantilly, Virginia one? Uh, It is not. I've been there before. It's been a couple years, so I'm looking forward to coming back. And you're right, I do these sort of all across the country um, and have been for quite a while, but always coming, uh, always enjoy coming down to Chantilly. And if people come out, what, what, what exactly, if they have, if they've missed you previous times, what exactly is it? I mean, I assume these, these things are, you know, the different booths and things set up around the, the expo center there, but uh, what, what exactly do, is your, is your portion? Is it like a meet and greet? Are you doing any sort of presentation? Yeah. So there's a celebrity stage. There's presentations going on all weekend. I'm going to be there on Saturday, giving a presentation Uh, On this old house, we're pleased to be celebrating our 45th season. Um, And I'm talking about two projects that we've got. One that is currently airing on PBS. We're going to be talking about a a 1960s mid-century modern home that we renovated for a family with uh, a nod towards accessibility because they have a young son who's got uh, muscular dystrophy. Mm. Um, So we'll talk about ways that anybody can make their house accessible, whether it's because of a disability or they want to age in place. Uh, or just make it more livable. Uh, I'll show some behind the scenes and some surprises that have not aired on the uh, PBS yet. And I'll also be talking about our next project, uh, which is down in New Jersey, an 1887 Victorian that we are renovating for a family so that they can have two generations of that family living in the same house. Oh, awesome. And where is where's the rent accessible renovated house? Where is it located? Uh, that's in Massachusetts, right in our backyard, where we typically do a project every year. Um, all of our crew from this old house is from Massachusetts, so we do one here, and then we often get on the road and we do one um, far from home. Ah, okay, so it's Massachusetts. I don't know why. I thought it was headquartered in, in like Stanford, Connecticut, at one point in the beginning. We had a magazine. Uh, we have a magazine, and the magazine um, staff was in Stanford, Connecticut, but the television operation um for the last 45 years has always been out of massachusetts gotcha gotcha and uh and what anniversary you you said it at the top but remind me what year anniversary are we in now for the the tv show version 45th the show first went on the air back in 1979 and is 
still going strong. Absolutely. I remember growing up watching with my dad all the time. And uh, well, you know, since we're celebrating an anniversary, why not? Let's do a little trip down memory lane for for a quick second. Like, so remind us, like, who was hosting in the beginning? Was it um, was it Bob Vila or Norm Abram? Like, these are the names that popped to mind when I remember it. You got it right. Bob Vila was the first host um, and he was on the job site. Norm Abram was our master carpenter he was the one doing all the work um and him and other trades and the formula really hasn't changed um you know bob as host would go around the job site and talk to the experts who are all professional contractors talk to them about the process of renovating an old home learning anything they could from them sharing that with the audience um and uh, after bob left steve thomas joined the crew Still working with Norm and the gang. And then I joined 20 some odd years ago um, and worked with Norm for many years and Tom Silva and Richard Jathui and Jen Nawada. So a lot of the same faces. Uh, the host has changed a couple times, but pretty much pretty much everyone else has been the same um, going way back. That's awesome. And where, where remind us, where did you grow up? Uh, I'm a New Jersey native and I spent my childhood there. I went to college in Massachusetts and then I stayed up here after college and I've been up here ever since. What did you go to college for? Like, you know, because nowadays it's like, you know, kids or teenagers like, oh, do I go to college or is, is a job in the trades actually more lucrative without student loans and stuff, uh, a.k.a. this old house uh, fixing stuff. But, yeah, I mean, how, how did you square what you studied versus, you know, uh, fixing stuff? Well, I kind of took a circuitous route. You know, like you, I grew up watching the show with my dad and my brothers. My dad's in construction. I've got a couple brothers in construction. Um, I, you know, grew up on my dad's job site. I loved working with my hands, doing stuff that any young kid likes to do. I chose to go a different route um, to college and then on to business school. Um, but when I bought my first house with my wife, um, when we were a lot younger, we bought a fixer-upper, sort of a dilapidated two-family that was kind of you know, non-functioning without bathrooms in the kitchen. Because first it was you know the best deal we could afford, uh, but also we wanted to fix it up. And it was actually that house that got me the job on this old house because they came and filmed the segment of this uh, of the show there um, 22 years ago. Uh, and that turned into a request to come and be the host of the show. So it was a fortuitous uh, decision to go and do the, buy that old house. Well, okay, I, ha I have to do a follow up question on that. So, OK, so which host was it and what year was it? If you can remember the details of like who came out, you know, with the the TV camera crew to your house. And, and you know, I want to know wh which host that was and everything. Uh, yes, I can remember it. <laughs> Absolutely. Of course, um, you'll never forget it. <laughs> never forget it, Right. Uh, at the time, Steve Thomas was the host uh, of this old house. The company decided to start a sister show called Ask This Old House. Mm -hmm. So the same gentleman, um, you know, Steve is host, Tom Silva, Roger Cook, Richard Chithui, um, as our craftsman. Same guys, but instead of on this old house, a full beginning to end renovation, this show was more about answering homeowner questions about simple projects and then having one of those experts come out to the house to fix it. And in my case... Uh, Steve, the host, didn't come out, but Tom Silva, our general contractor, came out, along with uh, the painting expert, Jim uh, Clark, at the time. And we filmed a couple episodes at the house. Um, and it was that day of filming that actually got me my job when they asked me about a month later if I would. At, at the time, Steve Thomas had already announced to the staff that he was leaving. So they had kind of their eye out looking for a possible replacement. And I guess uh, I caught their eye. 
Gotcha. Okay, so he was. It was known that he was, uh, you know, about to leave the as host. But what do you think it was about you that day, or that you know, during that time when they came to your house? What do you think it was about you that caught their eye and their attention? I mean, what do you think it was like? Did you have some sort of you know, charisma, or was it like you the know how the, <laughs> the the you know the the fact that you knew what you were talking about as you were showing the house that you were you were renovating? Yeah, I think it was just the opposite of knowing what I was talking about. I didn't know what I was talking about. You know, on our show, the host is sort of the proxy for the viewer. The host has never been a professional contractor. Okay. But always works alongside professional contractors. And in the very beginning, Bob Vila would be asking Norm, you know, what do you plan to do about this rotted soffit? How are we going to hang these cabinets? After that, Steve Thomas did the same, asking Norm and Tom and Rich and those guys questions. So, when Tommy came to my house and we were working on a little bit of a project, I think the producers uh, and the guy who uh, created the show originally um, and was directing and producing the show, his name was Russ Morash. You know, he saw me um, kind of as a as a good proxy for the audience, a, a young person who decided that they wanted to do uh, you know a little bit of work themselves. So they were intrepid enough to take on a house renovation, but quickly realized they could use the assistance of an expert. And was sort of willing to say, hey, I'm not quite sure what's going on here. Can you show me how to do it? And then when they show you how to do it, take it from there and, and try your hand at it. And that's exactly what I was doing next to Tommy. And that's exactly what the job of the host is to do. Not to be the expert, but to ask the questions. If the audience had an opportunity to ask Tommy what he was up to or how to do something, to ask the questions on the audience behalf. And I was full of questions that day. Uh, <laughs> didn't want them to leave because I, I had a lot more to do than the two little projects they helped me with. Um, but my guess is, is that that's what they saw. They saw a, a young, intrepid, not so skilled homeowner who could be a pretty good proxy for the audience. That's a fascinating uh, dichotomy that, that you said, you know, that you you know, you didn't know all that much. So yeah, to remind our listeners, if if there's some folks, because obviously there's some, you know, Mr. Fixits and Mrs. Fixits and people that, you know, pride themselves on being handy men and handy women uh, that listen to this, but, you know, reach, reach through the radio now and inspire some folks that maybe uh, are hesitant or don't think, you know, don't think they're handy enough that, that maybe, you know, you started the same way. And, you know, sometimes it's just about being inquisitive and, and wanting to learn, right? Yeah, I think it's mostly being willing to try. You know, there's very few things around the house and projects that you can really get into trouble with. You certainly can screw them up, but it's <laughs> unlikely that a wall is going to fall down or a roof is going to collapse. You know, generally, we tell people to stay out of the electrical service panel, you know, leave the plumbing to a professional. But when it comes to the carpentry stuff, the scraping, the painting, the taking down or putting up of drywall, um, even hanging windows or residing a house. Generally speaking, uh, people can take that stuff on if they've got the fortitude. And if they can't, they can always call in a professional halfway through the project if they turns out if it turns out there's too much to them. So we constantly encourage folks to give it a try, to realize that you can probably do more than you expect. The instruction and the tools and the materials are out there. Um, and we don't think there is any shame in trying. In fact, we think there's quite a bit of honor and pride in working with your hands. And if you end up failing, don't worry about it. We got an expert you can call that can come in behind you and clean up your mess. <laughs> I love it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Do you have a, a personal favorite episode or a project, you know, from an episode that you uh, that you're particularly proud of? That you that you know, going in, maybe you know, you weren't sure how it turned out, but by the end of that this whole house episode, you were like, wow, we we really did a number on that. I've seen some pretty amazing transformations, you know, homes that should have been scraped to the ground uh, that we ended up saving, some that came down. I've been involved with some very inspiring ones when we helped bring back some abandoned houses in the beautiful downtown Detroit area that was effectively emptied out or rebuilt after the uh, Paradise wildfires or Hurricane Katrina down the Jersey Shore. Um, So there's been a lot of emotional highs for me and the projects that we do. Uh, if I had to pin my finger on one favorite season or one favorite project, it was my second year. Uh, it was a Carlisle farmhouse that we renovated. And unlike every other project we've ever done, which is always for a homeowner, um, where we're doing their bidding and using their money, this particular season, we purchased this farmstead and spent the entire season working on it so that we could fix it up and then turn it over and auction off uh, the house for charity. And you know, a couple of good things happened as a result of that. First, we got to do whatever we want. <laughs> so we were sort of unbound uh, and that really raised it to a whole new level. We had that sort of emotional high at the end when we allowed people to come visit it. And we had tens of thousands of people sort of walk through and see the finished project. Um, and then we obviously were able to sell it off and raise some money for charity. It happened to be, you know, my second season when I was getting my sea legs underneath me, my first child was born. So it was an emotional high for me. And I, I just have very, very fond memories of all that we did on that house. Uh, so to this day, it sort of still holds the high bar. Oh, I love it. Thanks for sharing those stories. And before we go, I'm going to, uh, I mean, I don't know how well you, you keep in touch with the previous hosts and presenters and all that, but I want you to say some kind words or embarrass them with kindness or what made, you know, like for, for instance, like Bob Vila, what was he so good at? I, I would like to just name a couple and get some, like what you thought were, were their, their secrets to their success. <laughs> like what, what made Bob Vila such a great, uh, home improver? Two things. He was the first, you never forget the first guy who climbs Mount Everest. So back in 1979, this type of show never existed. Um, there were very few shows sort of being shot outside. Uh, there really wasn't any show ever shot on a job site. And we certainly never had a television show that pinned a microphone on um, amateur TV people 
who were in the trades and let them speak to the audience. So he gets credit for being at the helm of this unbelievable idea that very quickly took off and became a national phenomenon. And I'm proud to say by no work of my own still happens to be the most watched uh, longest running home improvement show on TV to this day. So Bob gets credit for being the first, but he was also spectacularly talented. Um, you know, back then, the show was being shot in a very different way. These are long, continuous takes uh, with a camera tethered to a wire. And I can remember watching a scene, I talk about it quite a bit, where, where um, Bob uh, arrives at a job site in a helicopter. The helicopter lands, he dismounts, he gets out, and he's talking to a cameraman walking backwards in one long, continuous take. It introduces himself, the show, the house, and continues to walk 360 degrees around the house, through the door, inside, and shows off the whole place. Nine, ten minutes, unstopped, no misspeaks, one take. Um, that's a signature style of this old house. We're still doing it today, although it's a lot easier to do it with the small cameras and the drones and stuff that we have. So he was extremely good at this format that was essentially invented by this old house 45 years ago. So he gets he gets high praise from me for doing that. Wow. And I would be here all day if we went through all everybody, but just real a real quick one on Norm Abram and Steve Thomas, you know, what what were their signature skills? Steve stepped into the shoes of a giant and he carried it well, so he replaced Bob Vila um and he had a 14-year run longer than Bob's. Um, I think he charmed the audience. He able, was able to keep a juggernaut going at that high level. Not an easy thing to do. Failure often comes to the second string, if you will. Um, sophomore and, slump, yeah. <laughs> sophomore slump, exactly. And that but it never happened with him. Yeah, Yeah. no, absolutely not. Uh, and, and Norm is the first. Again, you know, he, he was up on scaffolding, um, talking to Bob about what they were going to do. And that gentleman who discovered me and came to my house was producing that first season, directing it as well, the founder of the show, Russ Morash. And he quietly said, somebody pin a microphone on Norm um, and we're going to ask him directly. He was never hired to be on television. He was only hired to be a master craftsman um, on that project. And his wisdom uh, and his patience and his extraordinary skill graced our show for 40 years. He also did the New Yankee Workshop for over 20 years. Um, he is, you ask anybody who's a woodworker, anybody who's into renovation, he is the godfather of this form. He's still going strong. He's fully retired from us, but um, you know he stays close to us and he's still going strong. Um, and he, he literally cemented this show in people's minds. When you were growing up watching it, when I was growing up watching it, we were watching Bob, but we were listening to Norm. And uh, we, we owe him all a great debt of gratitude for sharing his craftsmanship with multiple generations of young people in this country. Absolutely. And in final, our final seconds here, uh, I can think of only one other host that could ever rival Bob Vila, and that would be Tim the Toolman Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Allen and Tool Time. And I remember they had a really hilarious rivalry, you know, tricking out lawnmowers and all kinds of stuff that they always had a battle. But you're talking about a, a real home improvement show. That was a scripted fictional one. But that inspired a new generation to want to get interested in home improvement, probably. Uh, imitation is the highest form of flattery. And they made no bones trying to hide the fact that they were um, completely imitating 
Bob and Norm. Those are the two characters down to the red flannel um, expert talking to the not so knowing host um, and having good fun with it. And it was an iconic picture that I've got somewhere in my file somewhere of Bob Vila standing next to Tim Allen and uh, Richard Carney, I believe is the name. Richard Carn, yeah, as Al Borland. Richard Carn, thank you. Forgive me if I got that wrong. Um, yeah. You know, and it just speaks to the fact that that was a parody of this old house. And uh, I think there's a lot of truth to, you know, as I said, uh, that imitation is the highest form of flattery. So it was very, it, it, it was and is very flattering that they actually made a spoof of us. Yes, I don't think so, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Every now, do you, are you ever tempted when you finish a project? To you, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, it's it's occurred more than once. Tim was very nice. We did a forty. We, we did a retirement video for Norm, um, and we had a bunch of you know people speak about it. Uh, and Tim Allen was very kind to get on and say some nice words about Norm and be part of that farewell to him uh, because you know he was very he was very open and clear about the fact of what they were doing. That's great. Uh, oh, we'll never forget it. But hey, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. And again, everyone, uh, it's the Capitol Remodeling Garden Show at the Dulles Expo Center in Chantilly, Virginia. It's going to be uh, February 23rd through the the 25th. So that's what's that Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, thank you so, so much for doing this, Kevin O'Connor. Jason, I very much appreciate it. And I hope to see people there. I'll be there on Saturday. I'll be shaking hands, taking pictures. And I got a couple of great presentations. Uh, and it was very nice talking with you. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.